What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast your favorite podcast, maybe your favorite podcast in the entire world, Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington. Barry Horn has deserted us, and joining us now, uh, one of our favorite guests to have on the the podcast, Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. How are you? I'm not a guest. <laughs> we like to do that to Evan because he's often not with us physically. But even, always in spirit. But when, even when you're here physically, it's almost like you're not with us. That's well. It was that way for this morning. I was Were you involved experiencing in lower body many. Ma- I was involved in many things. Um, the Willie Calhoun call up, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, that I think Mike Napoli is um, going to be out for a longer period of time, based on the fact that he was out with, which I misidentified as lower body stiffness, but is actually <laughs> soreness. Um, and then Calhoun was called up. That's so like, that sounds like a, a hockey injury. It's a. I, I think we'll get a little bit more detail this afternoon. Let's on hope what the so. Injury is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as we were uh, finishing up the Cowboy podcast, the 2018 Ranger schedule came in to the old mailbox, and I will just give you this highlight: that over the final six weeks of the season. Rangers will spend more time in California than they will in Texas next year. So what you're saying is they better have built up a pretty good lead. Uh, it, you know, West playing on the Pacific, pl- playing in the Pacific time zone is tough, especially when you go in and out like that. Uh, and they've got 19 of their last 40 games in California, four in Seattle to end the season, and 17 in Texas. 16 of the last 22 will be on the road. So. Um, it's not a good look to finish the season for the Rangers. Let me ask you this, because this has always kind of intrigued me a little bit about scheduling. I understand in the old days when you had some guy with slide rules and a green visor trying to figure out everybody's schedule and trying to get it all to work out, because that's very difficult. But when you can just slide this thing through a computer and just say, here we go, let's get the fairest uh, model we can out there, how does this kind of thing happen? Well, I think, you know, one thing that, that does, and it, it's a fascinating story that I haven't really ever been able to get the, I don't know that anybody's been able to get the full full view of at this point, but um, every team submits dates that they want to be at home and, and for big draw dates. And so what it comes down to is satisfying teams as much as possible on these big draw dates. And to get the to get those dates and and to get you know if they want to open the season at home or end the season at home, um, and then to equalize it out like one year after the other, you put all those all those variables in, and you're going to end. Excuse me, you're going to end up with some weirdness. Um, the Rangers' weirdness next year is going to be 
this this end of the season. Uh, I don't. They don't have as many. Uh, just at first glance, I don't think they have as many three city road trips as they did this year. Um, in April next year, they've got one four game trip to Oakland and then a a six game trip to Houston and Tampa Bay, which is ironic since they played Houston in Tampa Bay uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and then they've got a a six game trip uh, in late April May to Toronto Cleveland, and you look at their their schedule this year and like every trip in the first half seemed like it was a three city trip. So, so the, the, the first half of the schedule, I think, uh, opens up a little bit more fairly for them. Um, but, but certainly this is the thing that stands out is how much they will be away from home. Uh, and, and they have been home a fair amount in September of the last two years. So I think this is going to be something of the equal. Yeah. I wonder how much they factor that in previous uh, schedules. Sure. It, 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 you know, there's, there's some degree of record keeping there. Yeah, I would guess so. But you know, all the it's just like everything else. Uh, you you score in the first inning, you score in the second inning. What matters is you score in the ninth inning when you need to. Right. Uh, and and this is uh, when, it's, when it's late in the season. This is what everybody's going to remember. The fans are going to remember if it's close and if the Rangers are in it. That the fact that they're going to spend all this time on the West Coast, and not only that, but the fans have to stay up late to watch it, uh, yeah. which is. To me, uh, I realize that – do you think that realignment would ever come? Well, you know, the, uh, the the whole deal with the Rangers was that they wanted when, – when we were talking about radical realignment, they there was a lot of thought that they would end up in the central or that uh, there would be some degree of realignment that would get them out of playing the West Coast teams. And what the Rangers uh, really prioritized was the home-and-home home interleague series with Houston – well, as it turns out, now they've got 19 games with Houston. They're in the same division. It does give them a great rivalry, which has sure. really grown. Um, and it does give them some more divisional games that are in the central time zone and a little bit easier travel in some regards. But um, they're still in the West, and they still have uh, a ton of games against um, teams in California. And next year, the interleague schedule has them playing the the National League West, so they've got a trip. And my computer just, of course, went offline. Um, but they've got a trip uh, in late August in which they'll spend a full week in the Bay Area. Uh, they play Oakland for three, have an off day there, then play San Francisco. That could be kind of an interesting trip because full week in in San Francisco with an off day, not having to travel, their families there. There, there could be some distractions there. Well, it was the one good thing about all this. At least it's California. A lot of guys will end up in Alcatraz uh, on a tour, <laughs> well, I'm sure. Or not in Alcatraz, just on the on tour. On a tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're not saying there's going to be some real correct hedonism going on. No. Um, is that at least you're playing in a, in a uh, temperate climate in August? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the last week of August. They do September. have a, a, a significant number of home games in uh, in August. I think more than than they'd probably, uh, in general, prefer. Um, but in, in September, at least, those road games will all be in temperate climates. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to what we're uh, another topic. It's interesting to me, you know, because I I, I tell you, I've been the hardest time. Uh, I, I think I wrote back in May that uh, this is who these Rangers are, and and they have hung around uh, and hung around and hung around basically because of the mediocrity of of most of the American League uh, outside of the Indians, who may never lose again, um, and and uh, and some and a select few others, but um, 
I'm interested in seeing Willie Calhoun play. Uh, I, I'm interested to see, especially. Have, let's. Uh, do you know what? Uh, I, I looked this up yesterday. You know what? You Darvish's record is since he's gone to the Dodgers. It's not great. Not great. He's got an ERA over five. Uh, I think he's two and three uh, in his starts. And I'll. I'll, I'll and there was even a question. There was even a question this week uh, whether they would. They would. Uh, he might skip his start. Yeah, and I. I, I will say this. The only background I have on this, and I, I tried to bring this up at the time, and I know it, it's going to come across as, as somewhat stereotypical, but from what I've heard anecdotally, um, you know, there's not much in the way of trades in the Japanese league. Um, when Koji Uhara was traded to the Rangers uh, in 2011, he really struggled. Cost him the World Series. Having to make the change. Well, I, I'm going to put a little bit more of that on Nelson Cruz <laughs> and Ron Washington and Koji. Me too, but I've been saying if he'd been who he was with the Red Sox. Oh, that's for sure. They win the World Series. But um, I think that, that certainly threw him for a loop. I don't know if this has been the case with Darvish or not, but it has crossed my mind. Uh, but nobody in Los Angeles has been performing very well lately. No. Uh, but and they still have the best record. By four, uh, at least four League. games. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Uh, and listen, I, I think that there was some thought initially on the Darvish trade that the Rangers not getting Walker Beeler or not getting uh, Alex Verdugo uh, some way suggested that they were getting a lesser return. Um, and that is because clearly there's a need for upper-level starting pitching, which Beeler would have represented. Right. Clearly there's a need for a center fielder, which Verdugo would have represented. What Although I've heard that he was not, he's not a great center fielder. I think there is some okay. thought that he will be a really above-average corner outfielder, but he's certainly at this point in time an adequate uh, average center fielder. Um, and the thought with 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 Calhoun was he's a hitter. Don't know where he plays defensively. And s- what I saw in the two days that I saw him as a hitter. I think he's a very advanced hitter. The guys that I talked to indicated he's a very advanced hitter. He's going to come up here tonight, I, I believe, because Mike Napoli is going to miss some significant time. That's the latest injury that the Rangers have. Um, and Joey Gallo will play first base on a regular basis. Um, you'll have uh, Will Middlebrooks and Drew Robinson splitting third base now, I think. And so it opens up at bats, regular at bats, for Willie Calhoun in left field. Um He's going to hit up here. I don't think anybody that I talked to indicated that they thought there was any question that he'd hit up here. Um, he's going to swing freely, but I think he's got a better idea of the strike zone and where his bat is in the strike zone. Well, his numbers now are, are, are good. I mean, as far as well, but I do think that you know people are going to see him as a smaller guy mm-hmm. with big power, and they're going to in a left-handed yeah. hitter will initially will immediately make a comp a comp to Odor. I think Rugi still has. Um, lesser idea of his bat, uh, what, what managers like to talk about bat path and where the bat is. Um, I, I think that, that Calhoun's got a better idea of how to manipulate you know, his bat path and all of that to make contact. So I don't think he's going to strike out as much as Rugi has these first couple of years. But the question's going to become, and the Rangers just don't have any options right now, uh, they're not going to have a good defensive outfield. And they're not going to have a good defensive outfield unless they make some changes in 2018 or 2019. And I think yeah. that's, going to become, that's going to become a real talking point and a real issue because there are teams 
Um, Cleveland's defensive outfield changed dramatically when they were able to put Bradley Zimmer in center field. So let me um, ask you this then. Is it a possibility that they start the season next year with Willie Calhoun in left, Delano DeShields in center, and Nomar Mazar in right? Sure, absolutely. And that might be one of the worst defensive outfields in baseball. Well, you would certainly go in saying it's got its its its, its, its significant flaws. Um, you know, Mazar's Mazar's range is below average. His arm, I think, for a right fielder is probably about average. Um, the Shields is getting better at reads, but still is not what you would call a great defensive center fielder. Doesn't maximize all the tools that, that you would think that he should have there, and he doesn't have a good arm at all. Uh-uh. Um, I think Calhoun's arm is going to play better than people think. Um, the question is going to be how his reads are. Uh, he played second base in the minor leagues uh, until until the Rangers acquired him. So there's going to be some learning process there. Rangers spent a lot of time in this first month that they've had him, getting him together with Dwayne Murphy, who's a really good outfield instructor, to get him as much of a, a crash course in outfielding as possible. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it's going to be an issue going forward uh, that this team's going to have to either – either address somehow with a change in personnel or that it's going to have to address in a way that, hey, we're we're going to stress that our offense is going to bail us out of whatever – that their offense will bail us out of whatever their defense doesn't provide. You know, uh, I'm a defensive guy. I, I, I like yeah, – I've found you to be very, I'm very defensive. very defensive, yeah. I, I like good defense, and I think that that's the, – the, the trend in baseball seems to be, especially in the outfield, is right more, now, more we, athletic guys, more guys who can really go and get it. And I and I so you look at Boston and you look at how much of an asset their outfield well, is. And Houston, look at their yeah. outfield is, yeah. and you know the looking what the look what Houston did. The Angels uh, get rid of Cameron Mabin, and then the and the Astros run out and get him. Right. I, I mean, there's no doubt. I, I I interrupted, but there's there's no doubt that 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 defense is a metric that that guys are really trying to get a hold of right now, and they are favoring guys who can bring something defensively and. and reduce run runs but having said all that uh, i look at this team and where it is right now and that uh i don't think they want you know we've talked about this whether they bring carlos gomez back or not on a short-term deal i you know i don't know i don't know because here's here's why i don't know i've always liked delano de shields um because he because of the speed starting with that and starting with the fact that you know he, he to me he has an for especially compared to the, the, his fellow uh, members of the lineup a pretty good approach at the plate. Uh, he'll take pitches. He'll, he's not afraid to get into accounts where he's got you know two strikes and and he responds to that well. He's got a little bit of pop when he wants to. But he's also got a really good feel for who he is. You know he's he's a speed guy and he knows that putting the ball on the ground is an integral part of his game. Absolutely. He does, he does a lot with that. So so to me, you know, Leone Tavares is not ready to play. Uh, no. uh, and so the, the Rangers have nobody who's going to come up here right now for the, for next year, for 2018, and maybe not even 2019, to play. And I think the Rangers are in a little bit of a transition anyway. And instead, and to me, Roll those guys out there and just see how. Oh, I think do. you. I, I think that this development may very well lead you. Look, the Shields has played well. He's played. That, that was the other point I was going to make about him. The more he's playing, the better he's playing. He's 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 played well. And it, he's, he makes a difference in the games when he's in and he's and he's hitting leadoff. 
to me, and I think Jeff Bannister is dying to play him just because of uh, the way he, he leads off the order. He's not dying to play him in the outfield, obviously, right. but, but he's dying to get him in the lineup. And I think that he's gotten to the point now where his offensive capabilities and what he brings to the table, last night when he scored from first on that double – uh, you know, where where he's, he runs right through the stop sign and almost ran over his third base coach in the process. Uh, and, you know, and, he's, and he scores with a, a great slide. Um, that's one of those things to me, and we were talking earlier on our college podcast about dual threat athletes at quarterback. He's like that. He's a dual threat athlete uh, on, on the base pass and, and what he can do uh, uh, hitting. And, you know, he put his, his batting average or, you know, with, with, on, on, uh, on ground balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is, I don't know what it is right now, but it's phenomenal. He puts the ball on the ground. He's, he's going to be on base almost. That, it, it's just phenomenal. What well, he's you know, he, yeah, that. absolutely. So, so all those things to me outweigh the fact of, of the minus that he is in the outfield, and I and I hate to say that, uh, but but right now to me, he is a guy who's going to get on base for you. He can do different things. He's he's part of that uh, offense. It's not like a uh, Ruggio Odor who's going to swing for the fences and he's going to hit a home run, but he's also going to have an OBP of about two eighty six. Um, that's not what. That's not who he. That's not who the Shields is. And so I'm willing. I'm more willing to put up with a guy uh, who doesn't play his position all that well if he's going to be getting on base a lot and if he's going to be able to make things happen. This he's got to. You know, I hate to put number thresholds on guys, but I I, I feel like if he's going to be the leadoff guy that this club needs, if he's going to be the dynamic weapon that they need offensively and offset whatever issues there are defensively, the number that keeps coming to my mind is a 340 on-base percentage. Oh, at least, yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think 340 would be would be fine. You look at in 15, 344, mm-hmm. okay? Last year took a big step backwards, right. okay? This year he's at 356. Yeah. He keeps it between three – he keeps it at 340 or above. The guy is a big asset to the club. He's become better as a base stealer. Uh, he is this year he's twenty eight of thirty five, whereas in fifteen he was twenty five of thirty three. I thought the 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 uh, uh, the slide last night was a really smart slide. I think you know he had Jason Wood coaching third base last night because Tony Beasley wasn't there. I think this was a situation where DeShields actually knew better and had a better read on on himself and the ball. Than a third base coach and, yeah. and made it work and and he's becoming much sharper on those levels and I think his reads in the outfield have gotten better but the arm still remains yeah that's a that's major the bigger weakness. issue for me is is the arm is. And, and you know I think he's going I think he's gonna have to play shallow to yeah. make that arm play a little bit more and and he can probably do that. He's, you know, he, he's he's just an interesting guy to me. He's he's but he can, is. You can see the, why the Astros wanted him. But took that uh, took him in the first oh, round. I mean, pick. he's. But the thing for the thing for me is that he's he would not fit. And this is, I think, why he was Rule Five eligible, is that he doesn't fit the Astros um, ballpark. No, he doesn't fit the Astros uh, plan lineup. Um, Diet. Uh, let me see. 
sounds like, <laughs> sounds like. He, he's not the prototypical Astro at this point in time, you know, because he, he's more all, of a tools guy than he is yeah. a, a particular analytic set of, of, of measurements. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's I think that was one of the reasons why he just didn't fit there long term. Um, and, and he's only playing center field now. Because because Gomez is hurt, the Rangers' right. preference had been for him to be in left field. Yeah, uh, but I, there's there's skills there, there's growth there. Uh, he um, he's an intriguing player, and I think he can continue to get better. And let's let's remember went from Double A to the big leagues in 2015. Yeah, um, and he is still just 25 years old. So. Yeah, that's the thing to me. I I think this is a guy whose arrow's pointing up. Uh, yes, I I would agree. Yeah, so so uh, uh, what do you what do you expect to see from Willie Calhoun? Where will he play left field? He'll, he'll play, play left field, but I mean, yeah. where will he hit in the lineup? I, I imagine that Jeff Bannister bottom. will hit him in the bottom third. You know, you look at um, you look at what they did with Joey Gallo early in the year. I would think he'll hit you know around seventh. Um, Going to be interesting to see. So you you'll go to Shields Elvis. Uh, Mazzara, Gallo, against right-handers for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you'd like to have a right-hander hitting fifth. Uh, I'm sorry, you go to Shields, Chu, yeah, that, yeah. Andrus, Gallo, or Mazzara, mm-hmm. four and five. You'd like to have a right-hander hitting six. That might you might have to push Chirinos into that six spot. Yeah. Um, or. You have Middlebrooks when he's playing third base hitting there, but they're going to be very left-handed right now. Well, if you've it, got if you've got Calhoun, Mazzara, Chu, Odor, yeah, um, and then possibly Drew Robinson, you've got five left-handers in, in your lineup. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that going forward. Speaking of which, because uh, let's say next year, you know, and right. that's another reason why DeShields is a is right. a good guy to have in the lineup. He's another right-hander anyway. Right. Uh, they're just a, it's awfully awfully lefty uh, going forward. So uh, Cole Hamels has a good game. Uh, finally had three bad starts, uh, and then had a had a good game uh, in the in the opener against uh, the Mariners. Right. So do you know? It just seems to me that he's at a point in his career where he's lost a little velocity and lost a little command, uh, and uh, he just. There's always going to be an inning for him where he struggles a little bit, trying to, to get everything put back together again. Is he the kind of guy uh, that you could see next year fronting this rotation without much problem? I think if he fronts the rotation next year, I think it's going to be real important to try and get him a fifth day whenever possible. Uh, he'll be 34 next year. Um, this is a guy who missed six weeks, and I think we're still seeing some – signs of of fatigue he has struggled here in august and september did struggle in august and september last year when he was healthy yeah um when he's had five days of rest this year he's got a 220 era now that's only been five starts uh and 12 have been on on the regular four days and the rangers have no choice right now because he is still their best pitcher and they're going to run him out there every every fifth day right now uh, because it will get them an extra start out of him in, in in the course of the regular season if need be uh, but unless they sign Shohei Otani, I don't know anybody else that would be available to them to front this rotation. And so they may be back to a situation where they're fronting the rotation with a pitcher who's a two or a three. 
Well, uh, even if they get Otani, I can't imagine he's the opening day starter. I mean, no, I, 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 I would think, think that, that in that Hamels. situation, Hamels would start opening yeah. day. But you know, over the course of the year, there's that right that ebb and flow and transition, and yeah. and I think you could see by the end of the year that Otani would be. Um, would be the guy who might be more more reliable at that point. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, and maybe we've talked about this before, uh, about Andrew Kashner, mm-hmm. who's had a really good year. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we talked about this before the season started, when they brought in Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner. I think we said, if one or the other of these guys pans out, then this was good. You know, you, you're not expecting both of them to be hits in the rotation. Uh, certainly, Tyson Ross didn't pan out. Uh, and, uh, and I don't, and I think that, uh, certainly it seemed like that Tyson Ross had the higher upside of the two, but now Kashner has pitched extremely well and, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of options being a free agent after this season. Uh, But I still think for Kashner, it's going to come down to the Rangers or the Houston Astros. Absolutely. That's what I was going to talk about because, and here's the thing, the case for the Astros, he, Grew up in Conroe. Doesn't live in Conroe anymore. Lives in Port Aransas. Is that well, right? what he told me, he cleared this up a little bit for me. He's got a home in Port O'Connor. Port O'Connor. Um, and POC, as we like to call it. He obviously has been living up here this year. Right. But he sold his home in, uh, in, in the Houston-Conroe area. And so he's a free agent when it comes to home buying as well. So, you know, if if the Rangers present him with uh, with the offer that's most attractive, uh, you know, I could see him buying someplace out Westlake area, somewhere out there, maybe, you know, getting some kind of ranch type going out there. Um, if Houston is willing to – I just don't know if Houston's going to have the dollars – with the Verlander commitment now, which is what twenty eight million, twenty eight million for at least two more years. Two after more years, this. yeah. See, that's and that's the issue for me. If, if it's not if Verlander, if Verlander was out of the the, the equation, Verlander, Verlander, <laughs> the Zoolander. Uh, if if uh, Verlander was out of the equation, I don't know why uh, Kashner wouldn't go to the Astros. Why they wouldn't? First of all, want him a and b why he wouldn't go there. Well, I think he'd go there if they if they offer him. But I mean, I'm just saying, if it was, if it's even money between the Rangers and the and the Astros, right. why wouldn't you take the Astros? Well, I think that there's there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's going to be one of those situations where if the Rangers keep want to keep him, they're going to have to overpay, pay more than the Astros, and yeah. that may mean, you know, an extra million dollars a year might mean an extra million five. So what are we what are we talking about here? Is a four year deal? I think I think this guy is certainly right now. I think he's, he was he's looking 30? At, he's 30. I, I think he's played himself probably looking at a four-year deal. Um, the thing that, that I think will still diminish his market somewhat is even with a good season this year and a very nice 3-1-9 ERA at this point in time, um, there still hasn't been a 200-inning season in his career. Yeah. Uh, Not a big strikeout guy. Either. He threw 184 innings in 2015 with San Diego, and then obviously took a step back the the, the following year. Uh, this has been a this has been a really good comeback year for him. Um, hasn't been in in this position since 2013, but I do think that that not having he will be. He turned 30 yesterday. Okay. Turned 30 yesterday. Uh, turned 31 yesterday. I'm sorry. Okay. Turned 31 yesterday. So he'll be looking at turning 32 in the first year of a new deal. And that may limit him to a three year deal with maybe a fourth year vesting option. 
but probably in the $15 million a year range. And that's basically what you pay for a serviceable pitcher these days. Uh, I wouldn't have any trouble at all giving him $45 million, uh over three years. That that wouldn't be – because here's here's the, the problem for me for the Rangers is that they got to have somebody to soak up. I mean, how many is he, he going to end up with? First he's got time? 146. Um, he's probably got, what, four more starts, maybe five. Yeah. Um, figure six starts an inning. It's yeah, about, it's about 170. Yeah. I, I, and, and that's and that's okay. Uh, they're going to have to have somebody in the middle of that rotation. They've got no candidates right now, no viable candidates right now from within. So, so to me, I, I think we're underselling Martin Perez. No, I mean, no, no. Again. I'm saying Martin, you got to have, I got to have both of them, right? Right. right. You got Ham, you, you got to start with Hamels, Cashner, Perez to Correct. me. And that, you, you have to have, I think you got to have those three guys back. Because and then you can fill in around that. But what, to your point, this team looks a lot more attractive if whether you call Hamels a one or a two, right. if you call Cashner a three and yeah. Perez a four. Right. So you've got to have somebody for the upper half of the rotation, and then you can try and fill in with a fifth guy. Absolutely. But I don't see AJ Griffin being a real attractive fifth guy. No. I still think. Even though Nick Martinez has be- gotten beat up this year, I still think the best is yet to come for him. Um, I think he he learns each year, and this is a guy who was absolutely rushed out of necessity because the Rangers didn't have bodies. But there's another year or two before the farm system is going to start producing. What about you, Hunter Mendez? I haven't seen him up here this year. I mean, I, his, yep. his fastball, his fastball command improved significantly in the minor leagues um, under under more strict uh, guidelines to throw more fastballs. But uh, I think he'll go to camp next year with a chance to compete for a spot. But you want to count on him as pitching every fifth day for you? No. No, so. no, I'm, I'm, I'm well. Of course, it with the with the fifth guy, it, it better be somebody within your system. It better be somebody cheap. I mean, my my guy, the guy that I'd like to have is, you know, I, I look at starting pitchers now. You look at pitcher pools, and you you feel like you need about a nine man pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to have a guy going into next year that you can okay, we're going to count on him for a half a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy two years ago or in fifteen ended up being Wandy Rodriguez, who they signed on opening day. Right, and maybe it is a guy that they acquire late off of waivers, but somebody that gets a partial season, gets Mendez some starts at AAA, continues that process, and then you know he steps in at midseason and and can go on from there. That would be. That would be most ideal for me. I just don't want to think that, okay, I'm, this is my guy who, who represents what I have as a future right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to just throw him in the fire and not have anything behind him. Right. No, so. I agree with that. I, I'm not, you know, look, everybody's fifth starter is problematic. Right. Uh, so that, that's not an issue. Uh, it, it is obviously in the front end of the rotation. And I think the Rangers are going to have to make those decisions about – Look, where where are we? You know, are we a contender or not uh, in in 2018? Well, I will say I will say this. I mean, and did we talk about this last week? Yeah, I think we did talk about this last week. That a month ago, you would sit here and say, "Okay, next year is going to be a building year." Right. But Gallo's really made strides yeah. in the second half. Um, Chirinos has showed that he can play. On a regular basis. Now, will he be able to stay healthy over the over a full 100-game schedule for a catcher? Don't know. Calhoun 
had a really strong finish at AAA after the Rangers acquired him. And so, you know, if you can move to Shields to center and get offensive ability out of him, and you've got Calhoun in left, and you've got Gallo at first, and and a healthy Beltre back at third base, and that's that's a big question too. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, the focus once again just becomes the starting rotation and firming up that bullpen. And so I think that you're you can maybe go into this offseason focusing on a starting pitcher with a high end and a closer. Um, whereas I think you would have been looking two months ago at saying, well, we don't know if Joey's really going to be ready to play every day and don't know what we've got in left field and don't know what we have. In, we don't have a center fielder at this moment. And, right. and so I, I think the op- – the, the, I think the options are a little bit better. Yeah, but I, they're going to be competing for a wild card if they're doing anything next year. No, I think so too, and and uh, that's I don't think that's changed any. Um, I think we've seen, you know, as we said about the, the American League's been a little bit of a train wreck this year, uh, and the Rangers have been right in the middle of it. But I, I will. It's it, not a wild card race. It's a wild card stumble. Yeah, it is, and, and so. Uh, you know, we talked about this before, you know, about the closer. Are are the Rangers going to spend money on a closer or are they going to develop their own next year? I really think they're going to – it comes back to this. Either you throw Bush or Kella back into the closer role. Right. Because Sadzik's certainly not going to be ready for no. it. Um, I don't think you're going to look at – at Gardawine or Ricky Rodriguez as a closer, as a, as a rookie. No. It's going to come back to either we go out and find a free agent or trade caliber or, or, or a, a closer caliber reliever in a trade, or we're going to take some real lumps in the, in the closer situation. Yeah. They simply cannot get off to the same start. Uh, that they did this year. You can't. And, and then they have for the last three years. This is three years now. Yeah, three you know? years. I mean, yeah. You, You've got to have more a sh- uh, more certainty at the back end of the bullpen than they've had. And they just not wanted to do it. And I've pointed this stat out a number of times. But the last time they had a, relief, a closer who led the team in saves three years in a row was John Wetland. Would you consider, you know, and you'll have about 10 or 12 innings worth of, of experience, would, would you consider looking at Jake Diekman, even though he's a left-hander, as your closer next no, year? No, no. You know the thing I don't like about Jake. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's I think he's very good and very effective. He's because he's got that funky delivery, and I think that the funky delivery is what makes him good, and the funky delivery is what to me uh, would give me pause. Uh, you know, last night he walked a couple of guys. He, he gets off a little bit at times. I want my reliever coming in and throwing five pitches to a guy to each batter. You know that that's what I want my closer to do. Right, uh, and and that's just not Jake. You know, he's going to have to to work too, too much with guys, and I think he can very be very effective. And that's the thing now that, that if you look at when we looked at when the when the Rangers were playing the Angels, oh my gosh, what the first of all what the Angels are trotting out there from their rotation is pitiful, pitiful. And then at times even even in, in their uh, in their bullpen, I think the Rangers have all the parts, a lot of good parts. Here, especially in the bullpen, parts are parts, Kevin. Parts are parts. They need a closer, yeah. and I and I think that this team, to show good faith with these with this fan base, I think John Daniels is going to have to say, you know what, we're going to got we're going to get us a closer, 
and, and we're going to get us. We're going to spend some money. We haven't spent any money on that position since Joe Nathan. All right, but what if what if you've got one big splash to make and you can get Otani or a closer? Well, then you take Otani, right. obviously, and, so, and then you've got to make do. But with you got to do one of those two. But you do. You know, you do look at it right now. <clears throat> Alex Claudio has developed into a legitimate major league pitcher. Yes, he has, and a legitimate multi-inning reliever. Deekman is back healthy, so you've got you're pretty good from the left. Well, that's side. what I'm saying. You, you you've got that. You've got Bush. You've got Kella. You know, you got Deekman. That those are all really nice parts. I just don't see any of those guys right now as an everyday closer. Right. And if you if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But as you said, I really do think that John Daniels. If if you think you're gonna, I think that there is enough stuff pointing up here at the end of the year after what was a very disappointing year uh, to think that they could be competitive next year. And it did not, it's just not a complete rebuild here. Right. But he has to show good faith with the fans and say, all right, we got some big money coming up here pretty soon. We're going we're gonna to extend ourselves here. We're either going to get Otani or we're going to get you a big-time closer and, and maybe we'll even add another bat to the lineup. Right. You know? and, I, and I think he has to do one of, at least one of those things and maybe two. I, 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 don't, I really don't see where there's going to be a need for a bat. I mean, I think you now that Calhoun is on the 40-man roster, I think you've got to give Calhoun a shot at left field. Um, here's, here's the thing that would go maybe, big with me. If you if you got somebody to take Shinsu Chu's contract. Nobody's taking that. I know they're not taking Nobody's it. taking that. And, 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 and so you're stuck with that. And, yeah, you are. And uh, and I just want to point out in that game the other night, so, so Wood holds him at third and rounds the bag. Instead of taking the bag and still be looking forward and, and, uh, and, and as he should have on that play, this was right before the play where uh, uh, the Shield scored. Right. He, he, turns, he turns completely around and looks back at the outfield and stops. And meanwhile, the throw has gone to the plate, and now the catcher is throwing the ball back to second and getting Elvis at second after Elvis had stopped, which was just two boneheaded plays in, in, in one play. But if, if he rounds third like he's supposed to round third, and be and be looking well, Elvis, at all. Elvis only took off for second after the throw went through. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But but he he also stopped and then right. started. Anytime you're going to stop and start again, something really bad must have just happened or has right. to happen for you to succeed in that right. position. But that's just another Shinsu Chu, you know. And then and in the outfield, it's the it's the circling around and circling under a ball. And then you know there's not enough pop. There's the, you know the on base percentage is good. And that's all. That's about the only good thing. Well, I but say. I think that you know the Rangers, the Rangers signed him to a mega contract at the very end of the on base percentage is such an important statistic uh, trend, and right. it's it is important. And Absolutely, it's, but it's not twenty million dollars worth of. It is so, not. Um, I don't think the Rangers are going to have to go out and get a bat for next year, but I do think that they've got. Work cut out for them on pitching, and and maybe what you do, a right-handed bat would be the thing I'm thinking. But it would have so, to be basically a part-time right-handed. It, it, bat. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. and and maybe you do go out and find that guy. I'm not I'm not ruling that out, but you're not, I'm not talking about a major major investment in a. No, I'm bat. not either. The not. um, you know, maybe the, the what the Rangers do is they use Jerks and Profar as their trade bait for a high upside but flawed reliever who. Might flourish with a with a change of scenery. That might be their best potential return. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see. I don't see attractive options for them to go out and land a closer unless they're willing to step up and pay big money. 
No, there's not. And I, I haven't and, even. And John doesn't like to do that. He and I haven't like even looked it. at the closer list available on free agents. I've not either. Um, and I, I don't. I, I did. I did earlier in the year, and it, it was not overwhelming. Right. Because uh, look, how many are there? Right. 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 You know, they're just a handful. Right. And uh, so, and then they're expensive. What kind of role does Chapman's make it, you yep. know? So uh, I, I, I'm, I get it. I just think that uh, one of the things that's hurt them is just the inexperience of, of uh, more than anything else at closer. They, they, they try guys. They keep running guys out there who've just really had no experience at it. And, uh, and it just come back to bite them. Evan, we've been on for 35 minutes. It's time for us to go. As much as I hate to, okay, because I got to do other things. I got to eat lunch, and then I, I got to write a column. Well, you going to ask me what I'm writing for my column tomorrow? I got to eat lunch, and I got to go out to the ballpark. I got to write about <sighs> Willie Calhoun. I got to write about the schedule. You got all kinds of stuff. Going got all on. kinds of things going. Is on. Willie Calhoun the next Kirby Puckett? Um, it's easy for people to make that that comp based just on size and, and pop, but I think Kirby was Kirby came up as a far better defender. Ooh, yeah, a lot. But he's a center fielder. Yeah, pretty good. So we'll see. All right. Thanks, Evan. Listen, right, everybody, uh, make sure you tune in and listen. We've got three podcasts that are, that are all good. They're all brimming with information and analysis and exciting uh, commentary from Evan, like uh, lower body stiffness. And we had uh, Barry Trammell talking about colleges. We had Brandon George talking about the Cowboys and their trek to the Super Bowl. And we, Evan winced when I said that. And, uh, and then we've just had a nice discussion about the, uh, the Rangers and our Rangers roundtable here. So until next week, we'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.